0: In Acts chapter 9, verse 23 to verse 25, it is the story of the Apostle Paul after his conversion. In which he's trying to, after his conversion, he was preaching the gospel. And many people hated him and they wanted to kill him. And he was trying to get out of the city into safety. And I want us to look and emphasize on verse 25 here when it says that, But his followers took him by night. And lowered him in a basket through an opening on the wall. So it's, it was his disciples, the disciples of the Apostle Paul, that helped him escape this, this, uh, this tragedy that, that these people that were looking to kill him. And sometimes when we look at this Bible verse, we may ask ourselves, what does this have to do with missions? What in the world does this Bible verse here has to do anything with missions? But the reason why it has to do with missions is because of that person that was in that basket, the Apostle Paul himself, the very first missionary to all the Gentiles. And so, in that basket was the was the Church of Ephesus. In that basket was the Church of Corinth. In that basket is all the churches, all the Gentile churches, since then, even including. Our church was in that basket. Because if the apostle Paul never was never able to escape that situation, if no one helped the apostle Paul to escape that situation, then we would not be here today. None of us will be here today. And here in the text, here in the text, it doesn't say anything about a rope. But you know, biblical scholars and traditionally we've always accepted that. The way that the disciples got the apostle Paul in that basket and the way that they got him into safety was because there was some kind of rope, some kind of chain that was chained to that basket to allow the apostle Paul to go through that, that wall to safety. And so the rope or the chain becomes that symbol of missions for us. And so in missions, in missions, there's only two parts to missions. One part is the missionary, the missionary who goes into that basket and he goes into danger. He goes into places that he's never been before. He sacrifices his comfort, the comfort of his own home, to go into places that he's not very familiar with. But on the other end of that mission, on the other end of that rope, is us. And so the so missions, outside of the, outside of the two greatest commandments, which is to love God and to, to love our neighbors, outside of that, the greatest commandment for us, the greatest commandment for us as Christians is the Great Commission. It is the Great Commission to go out and to make disciples of all nations. And so we are either the ones that are going into Missions that We are either the one that's either going to, to uh, Indochina, we're going to Laos, we're going to Thailand, we're going to Africa, we're going to the Philippines, or wherever we're going. We're either that missionary on that end of the rope, or we are the ones that's holding on the other end of the rope in support of that missions. Because these missionaries, they go out there, many of them have no cars, many of them have no forms of uh, transportation, we are the ones that provide for them. We are the ones who hold that that other end of the rope, and we support them through these missions. And so that's something we must ask ourselves. How long have we been holding the rope for these missionaries here in the United Methodist Church? As we have so many missionaries going to all these different places throughout the world, as we look into our hands do we see the wounds of us just holding on to these ropes? Because many of these missionaries, they go out there, they go to places where there are no electricity, they go to places where there's no clean water, and they go to third world countries where there's where there's no food, and yet they continue to go. And it is our responsibility to hold on, to hold on to the other end of the rope, in support of what they're doing. And so around the year 2000, the General Board of Global Ministries and the Indochina Caucus, they decided to go into Laos. They decided to go into Laos, and they chose Reverend Chuthu Vang of the Wisconsin, of of the Minnesota Caucus. He was um, a member of the Wheelock Church at that time in Minnesota. And he was chosen to be a Hmong missionary, to go to Laos because being an older gentleman, he's more familiar with the culture. He's more familiar with the country. He's more familiar. He, he has more relationship with the leaders of Laos. And so he was chosen to go into Laos to plant these churches. about 2014, 2015, some, somewhere around there, he, he, he got very ill because, because he, his, he is an older gentleman. So he got very ill. He had a stroke himself too. And so he returned back to the States. And since then, Reverend Daniel Yang has been the one that's been out there helping all these churches. And they've planted around 74 churches, 74 churches in Laos. And out of those 74 churches, there's about 60 pastors, uh, 60 local pastors that have been trained to serve these churches out there. And there's about four missionaries of four or five missionaries that continue to work with these churches here in Laos. But, like the videos say, many of the things that they were, they're doing is still illegal. And so, the only way that they're able to continue to do their ministry is through the relationship that these missionaries are able to, to build with these local leaders. But yet, at, at, at the legal level, they're still illegal. At the legal, you know, the, the leaders can change their mind anytime. time. You know, they can get upset, and they can just change their mind any time, and they can come in and just close these churches down at any time. And so that's the reason why the global, um, the global Board of Global Ministries have decided to give this project to the Mong National Hmong Caucus, which is chaired by Reverend uh, Chuka Yang of the Wisconsin uh, Conference. And he is also a DS in the, in the Wisconsin conference. And so what he did was he sent us a letter. He sent us a letter and, and we just passed out this letter here earlier today. And so I hope, I hope that you will take the time to read that letter. I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to read it for you, but just take the time. Take the time to read that letter, understand exactly what it is that they're trying to accomplish here in Laos. In the country of Laos, Throughout its history, back, in, back during the Vietnam War, stats shows us, st- uh, statistics shows us that the country of Laos is the most bombed country in the history of the world, in terms of its size and population. And so, between 1963 and 19, uh, 1964 and 1973, the U.S. dropped two million tons of bombs on Laos during, uh, during 580,000 bombing missions. Now, I wonder how much that is. So I searched it up, and it says that that, that that equals a plane load of bombs every 8 minutes, 24 hours a day, for 9 years. And you know, today, many of these bombs are still in Laos. Many of these bombs that have not exploded are still in the land of Laos and still presents a threat to many of the people of Laos, including many of the children in Laos. And since the time that the United States have withdrew from Laos, and since the time that the, many of the Mongs have um, came to America as refugees, the communist, co- communism has taken over the land, and they've been isolated from the world. They've been isolated from the world. Education is something that's not available to them. Clean water is very, very limited to them. And so this is this is the reason this is the reason why the United Methodist Church decided that we are going to go there and try to help these people. And as, as just as the the um, video touched based upon is that there's you know there's a long-term vision too. It's not simply to just build churches, but we want to be able to help their economy. We want to be able to provide medical care for them. We want to be able to provide education for them. So many things that we want to do, but it it must start somewhere. It must start somewhere, and this is the starting point. This is the starting point. We've been there for the last 20, almost 20 years, and yet we have yet to be able to officially register them as a church. And so this is what the the global... um, Board of Ministries wants to do, and this is what the the National Monk Caucus wants to do, is to be able to go out there and to just register them as an official church, all these 74 churches, so that they can can continue with their ministry, so that they can continue to do the things that they need to do. I know there's a lot of uh, objections many times when we talk about this, and even during our meetings when we discuss this, there's often a lot of objections to this. You know, some people will often say, well, why don't the general board of global ministries, why don't they just put in the money? Why do we as the Hmong caucus have to raise the money? Why don't they just put in the money? Another objection that we often hear is that we just don't have the money. We just don't have the money. Another objection that we often hear is that, you know, the Hmong churches here in America, they're they're not even self-supporting yet. They can't even support themselves yet. And so why should we get involved in that? And so we hear many different types of objections towards helping, towards helping these churches in Laos. But to that I always respond. I always respond that, you know what, the global, the global board of global ministries, they have their duty. They have their responsibility. And that's why I showed this video here with Matthew West. Is that we, as a church, we need to stop asking what other people are going to do. But we need to start asking ourselves, what are we going to do? Because, because God created us for this. God called us for this. And we keep waiting for other people to put in the money, but what are we going to do? What are we going to do as individuals? As small as congregations, as, as, as a church that supports Hmong, Hmong ministry, what are we personally going to do in our lives to, to really support this? I mean, the global, the global Board of Global Ministries, I mean, they do have the funds. But now this is something they have given to us to be responsible for. And so we need to start asking ourselves. Once upon a time, we were the ones, especially for us Hmongs, once upon a time, we were the ones that were suffering. We were the ones that were in need of, of the finances. We were the ones that were in need of the support. And the churches, through God's grace, the churches have supported us. Has, have supported us through our difficult times. And today many many of our Mongs here in the United States we've, been, we've become very successful. We've become very successful. So it's our time. It's our time to return the favor. It's our time to say, you know, what can I do? God has helped me all this time. God has helped me all these years. What can I do to help those who are behind? What can I do to help those who are living in these conditions in Laos? The other objection is that we don't have money yet. Another objection is we're not strong enough yet. But the truth is we've been waiting for 20 years. How much longer are we going to wait to help these people out? We have to start somewhere. We have to start somewhere. If we're going to wait, we're just going to continue waiting and waiting and never accomplish anything. And so there comes a point in time in which we just have to put our foot down and says and say, we've got to get started. We've got to get started. And that's why, um, that's why Reverend Jika got all the, all the chairs of um, all the monk caucuses from Wisconsin, North Carolina, California, myself, which is myself. He got all of us together along with all the pastors and he says, it's time for us to get started. We can't wait any longer. We can't be using excuses anymore. And so today is a day in which I hope that in your hearts, that God will open up your hearts and that you will be willing to help these people, these people who are living in poverty, who are going through tough times, who are, who are worshiping God illegally in their own land, and they need our help. And so I passed out this letter here from Reverend Jukal. The front side is the letter from him. The backside is the donation form. And so um, I've talked to John too as to exactly how we're going to do this. And this is the way that we're going to do this. Go ahead and fill out the donation form. Okay. When you write your check, make your check out to the First United Methodist Church of Orville. And the memo put uh, the Laos missions, something like that. And then turn in this form, the donation form, along with your check to John. And then we'll take care of it from there. Okay. Right, John, is there anything else you would like to add to that, John? Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay, so everybody got that. So, you know, I just want you guys to take a look at this and just um, do what you can to really help out these churches. And so let, let us pray together for the missions project for Laos. Father, we thank you so much for just blessing us, for blessing our church, for leading us throughout all these years, Father. Father, at this moment, um, as we reflect upon the church in Laos, we ask that you open up our hearts to be able to love them as you have loved us, to be able to support them as you have supported us, and to be able to provide for them as you have provided for us. So, Father, please remind us that the greatest thing for us to do is to share the good news of your Son, Jesus Christ, with all people. And so we pray for the people of Laos, the churches of Laos, all 74 churches, along with the pastors and also to all the missionaries that are in Laos at this moment. We pray for them. And we also pray for our church that you will empower us and use us for this project. And so we pray in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.